You're listening to iOS Dev Break. 15 minutes of current events, tips, and advice for iOS developers, including, but not limited to, discussions of Swift, iOS, watchOS, and tvOS. Welcome to iOS Dev Break episode 15, What's in a Name? So there's been a lot of hype about the new frameworks available in iOS 11. We've uh, heard, of course, about ARKit and also CoreML. It seems like you can't go to a website uh, that talks about iPhones and iOS 11, especially in the development uh, angle, where they don't talk about uh, those those particular frameworks because they're they are amazing and they're new and everybody likes new and amazing. Uh, so those are awesome, but uh, however, realistically, not everyone is going to need augmented reality in their apps. In fact, most apps, uh, if you try to shoehorn AR uh, into your app just for the sake of having AR, then it will most likely fail. Uh, so it's just really not a good idea to to do that. Uh, so um, if you have a definite use case for it and if you think that it's going to going to really improve your app then by all means go ahead and add augmented reality to your app because it it really could make it amazing if you have the right use case uh, however there are uh, some other things that should not be overlooked aspects of iOS 11 that impact all our, all of us as developers um Hopefully, you have already been preparing and have released your apps for iPhone 10 and iOS 11. So uh, this is probably uh, maybe old hat or perhaps preaching to the choir, but it's entirely possible that you may not have gone down that road yet, or you may be in the process of doing that. So if you're in that latter group of ones who have not completed your migration to iPhone 10, iOS 11, then uh, here's just one thing to think about and prepare for mentally because it may catch you off guard if you're not ready for it and then you get all set and ready to launch your app and uh, the the one blocker that may come up is the fact that you may need to change your app name. Now, if you're like me, you may have been seduced in the past by the the cleverness of having a long-ish app name, one that sort of has the name of the app plus a description built into it. Well, uh, Apple is really discouraging this. They've taken steps to to uh, to change this, and in the past they they kind of shortened it a little bit, and then now they're really enforcing this with the App Store. And so if you look at the the guidelines for the for the new App Store, you will find that uh, now you have to, to change your name of, of your app if your app is over 30 characters. And so that's a, a limit that's imposed now on our app names. So if, if it's over 30, you're going to have to shorten it the next time you want to update. And uh, so Let's let's go over some of these changes uh, and see how we can approach this. And it's not just the app name. Um, so the first thing, as we mentioned, we now have this 30-character app name that's imposed on us. And you will have to choose a name that is 30 characters or less the next time you push to the store. And uh, the comment that Apple makes on the, the page, we'll put this up in the show notes And it says there, your app's name plays a critical role in how users discover it on the App Store. Choose a simple, memorable name that is easy to spell and hints at what your app does. Be distinctive. Avoid names that use generic terms or are too similar to existing app names. 
The length of your app name is limited to 30 characters and will appear on the App Store for each device, including each version of iPhone, iPad, and Apple TV. So that sums up the requirements that Apple is putting on us, 30 character limit. But they also show how we can choose the name that's most appropriate. And we'll talk in just a little bit about how we can choose a name. Um, the other thing that they've added, so yes, they took away a longer length of an app name. In fact, I think at one time the length maximum was 256 characters, I think. And, uh, and then it got shortened to like 50, I believe, and now it's 30. But what they've added is the subtitle. And you've probably already seen this in the App Store if you've already gone and looked at apps there. You may have seen this already. Um, but uh, now you get a subtitle. And the subtitle is an, another title that is 30 characters in length. So you kind of get a total of 60 characters to play with, the title of your app plus the subtitle. And they bring out there that the subtitle appears below your app name throughout the App Store in iOS 11, and that it can be up to 30 characters long, and it is intended to summarize your app in a concise phrase. So they encourage us to uh, consider using our subtitle to highlight the features or typical uses of the app that resonate with our audience. So that means we have to give some thought about that, don't we? About how our subtitle will resonate with potential users of the app. They also mentioned that a compelling subtitle can encourage product page views and downloads. And also, this is an interesting point here, is that you can update your app subtitle when submitting a new version of your app. So we can test different versions of our subtitle at different points in our app's lifecycle. That's how Apple phrases it. And so they give the example of maybe we have a major update that we could change the subtitle. The, the title of the app would stay the same, but the subtitle would change. And uh, so it was good for us to give some thought as to what both the title and the subtitle should be. So now, basically, if you have a, a long app name, longer than 30 characters, Apple is going to force you to change it. So when you get into the portion of iTunes Connect where you configure your app to go to the App Store, you'll actually see a warning there that you will need to change your app name. Um, and so that's how they're enforcing it. Uh, the interesting thing is that we mentioned is that we can change that subtitle with new updates. So we can imagine that the title will stay the same, subtitle can change. And so in, a, in selecting a new name for your app, if you have to do this, uh, follow their advice. Um, it's, they're giving good suggestions here. Choose a name that is simple memorable, easy to spell, distinctive, and hints at what your app does. So we can take those suggestions and we can find a good name for our app that fits within those 30 characters and satisfies those, those suggestions. So what is in a name? Well, really it boils down to the discoverability of your app, the memorability of your app, how much people resonate with it, and identify with the app. And also, when you think about it, the name is going to be one of the first impressions that your app gives, because they'll see it in the list. Next most important thing is probably the icon. So this may be a tall order for us. It may be a, uh, something that we don't like doing. We feel like this may test our creativity too much. Um, but 
if you if you're changing your app that means you had originally chosen a name and now it's time to find a, another name for it that'll fit within those 30 characters and even though it may seem restrictive i'm sure you can do it so give it time think about it and don't be hasty and choose wisely so if you do those things then you'll be able to find an app name that that fits within those restrictions and and really resonates with your audience namely potential app buyers, which is what you want. You want more downloads. You want more app purchases. So so choose wisely for your, your app name. Okay, moving on to our Swift topic for the show. Uh, wanted to chat a little bit about functional programming. This is something that comes up every once in a while, and we may be enticed a little bit about it, and or it may just seem kind of mysterious, and what is that? I'm not used to that because I've been doing object-oriented for such a long time. And I think I fit into that category. It's, it's uh, um, something that often seems a little bit foreign at first. Um, but there are two excellent videos that I'm encouraging anyone who's interested to check out functional programming. These are on Realm's Realm Academy set of videos. The first one is James Majors, and his talk is called What the Funk? A Gentle Intro to Functional Programming. And the second one is by Daniel Steinberg, and it's called Why the Funk? And so uh, if you are interested at all in functional programming, I encourage you to take a look at those. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy them. Um, they're both excellent speakers. These videos are great. So, um, so check them out, and uh, hopefully you'll, you'll enjoy them. And maybe, maybe learning about functional programming will change your life. Uh, maybe you'll want to learn more. And maybe it will help you to think outside the box, uh, outside the box of object-oriented programming. And even if it doesn't have that profound of an effect on you, it's always good to learn about new programming methodologies and paradigms. So uh, hopefully it will be of some benefit to you in the long run. Okay, I think we have time for just one more uh, little tip here. And this is something that I found um, it was a little while ago, but I've been wanting to chat about it. And it's from the Black Pixel Craft blog, where they share design and coding tips and articles. And the post that caught my eye recently was an article on documenting your Swift code. And in that article was an interesting tip about Xcode and how to turn to-do and fix-me comments in your documentation into warnings in Xcode. And I'm not sure if I'll ever actually do this, but it's definitely an interesting idea and it might be fun to just, you know, try out someday. Um, so if you're interested in this, I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes for this. But if you're already familiar with custom build phases and scripts, for instance, maybe you're already doing that to automatically increment your build number and that kind of thing, then this will feel very familiar. Basically, uh, what you do is you add a build phase with a script in Xcode to your project. And what it does is it turns those to-dos and fix-me's into warnings at compile time. So uh, it's not a long script. It's something you can just pretty much copy and paste. Um, and uh, so I thought this would be a good one to share. I thought it was a very interesting kind of uh, way of documenting code and then and turning those comments that we very often create and, and put into our, our code to do, fix me, so on, and uh, put those into actionable items. So I uh, hope you enjoy the tip, and thanks to Black Pixel for posting that in their design and development blog. Okay, I think that is all we have time for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and please join us next time because we have an interesting topic coming up. 
Um, also, if you would like to learn how to support iOS DevBreak, please go to iosdevbreak.com and uh, look at the, the show notes for this episode and you'll see some ways in which you can help us out. The biggest way is probably just by getting the word out. So if you would like, you can mention us on Twitter and use our Twitter username, iosdevbreak, to uh, get the word out. We'd really appreciate it. So uh, thank you very much again, and we'll catch you next time on iOS Step Break.